0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air to answer your questions about the Bible and to pray for your prayer requests. Welcome to all those who are are tuning in today, listening here and uh, First of all, I want to greet the listeners on Grace FM here in Colorado and Wyoming, as well as all those listening on gracefm.com, the Grace FM app. Welcome to all of you. You're hearing the show live today. It's September 16th. It's a Friday. Beautiful day here in Colorado. We also want to greet those who are listening on the Radio by Grace network of stations with Stations all over the United States, uh, particularly in the southern U.S. You're also here in the show live today, and we want to greet our listeners on Truth FM and Hope FM on the uh, in Tennessee and on the East Coast, respectively, as well as those on Higher Rock Radio in Idaho. So, welcome to all of you. I want to give a shout out to some of our online listeners. We've got listeners tuning in from Los Angeles, Phoenix, San Antonio, Dallas, Miami, DC. And of course, the Rocky Mountain region here in Colorado. We've also got people from all over, really, the United States and in Europe. We've got a listener in Ukraine, for example, right now. So wherever you're tuning in from, welcome. We're so glad to have you again. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303 303- 6903000 or you can text us at 7203360897 that's 7203360897 for the text line if you have been let's say reading the bible and you are Uh, You've always wondered about something, or maybe there's something you've been curious about and wanted to get some kind of biblical insight on. Maybe it's something that's going on in the world or in your life personally, and you're wondering, how does the Bible speak into that, or what wisdom can God's Word give to it? This is a great place to call with those kinds of questions. And if you just have something going on in your life and you need prayer for it, we've got a lot of people tuning in who are all able to agree in prayer and say yes and amen with us. And so don't hesitate to give us a call again with your questions about the Bible, questions about Jesus. We're here to answer those questions and pray for your prayer requests. So once again, the phone number is 303-690-3000, that's 303 690 or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Well, just a few words about myself as we're uh, getting ready to jump into calls and texts. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. I have been the pastor here for 10 years. I'm a Colorado native, um, and I grew up in Denver. But then when I was 18 years old, I moved to Hungary. I spent 10 years there as a missionary with Calvary Chapel doing uh, relief work as well as church planting. We planted two churches in northern Hungary before moving back to Colorado and um, moved here in 2012 to take over as the lead pastor of Whitefields Community Church. And so we are a Calvary Chapel church. We're focused on teaching the Bible, focused on evangelism, relevant worship, bringing God's word to people today in a way that shows them how God's Word speaks to their life and is relevant for today. And so um, just it's been a great blessing to be here in Longmont these past 10 years uh, pastoring here. And uh, if you are anywhere within the Longmont area, I'd love to invite you to join us this coming Sunday. About two years ago, we moved into a new building. It's a large facility right on Highway 119, which is the main highway from I-25 into Downtown Longmont and then down into Boulder, and so if you are anywhere within driving distance of Longmont uh, in any of the surrounding communities, we'd love to have you join us this Sunday. We have three services, and those are at eight a m nine thirty and eleven am and you can also join us online on our website whitefieldschurch.com. You can also go there to get directions to our church or you can just look us up on the socials or you can search us up on your browser. Yeah, just whitefieldschurch.com. And our address, for those of you curious about that, is 2950 Colorful Avenue. So 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado, 80504, which tells you we're on the east side of Longmont right on Highway 119. In fact, I'm looking out my window right now. I can see hundreds of cars driving by on Highway 119. If that's you, just look to the north. We're right across the street from Sandstone Ranch Community Park, which is our big sports complex here in Longmont. And uh, you can't miss us. We've got a huge sign on the building. And we'd love to have you come and worship with us. If you have friends and family in Longmont, send them our way. We're currently studying through the book of Second Corinthians On Sunday mornings. We're going through it chapter by chapter and verse by verse. This Sunday, we're going to be in chapter 8, which is a fascinating chapter in which Paul uses this phrase twice. He uses the phrase, the act of grace. Now, we oftentimes think about grace in regard to the fact that we are saved by grace, right? That's Ephesians 2, verse 8. And yet, Here, Paul says that God gave the Macedonian Christians a special kind of grace that didn't pertain to salvation, right? It was God's work, God's ability at work in their lives to do something in them and to give them an ability that they didn't have on their own. And then he says, okay, here's what the grace of God did in their lives. And then Paul calls the Corinthian churches, to also act and perform this act of grace. So we're going to talk about what that is and how it pertains to our lives this coming Sunday. I'll keep you in suspense as to what that is. Of course, if you got a Bible, you can go check it out for yourself. But we'd love to share that with you this Sunday. So again, check us out online, get directions, and come in person if you can. Whitefields Community Church, and that website is whitefieldschurch.com. I'm looking forward to that. Um, We're going to get to our callers here in just a second. Let me give you the phone number one more time, both the call-in number and the text line. The call-in number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. I see the call's coming in, and I got just one more thing to say before we go to our first caller, and that is I'm excited that next Friday, so one week from today, we are hosting a men's conference for Calvary chapels in the Northern Front Range. And this isn't just people who go to Calvary Chapel. Maybe you listen and you're like, well, I don't go to Calvary Chapel. Can I still come? Absolutely. It's just that it's organized by the Calvary chapels in the Northern Front Range, but everybody's welcome. And this is a men's conference. It's called Under Construction. And you'll see why when you come to our building. Our building, we're currently in the process of construction. We're open during construction, but we are in process of uh, doubling our capacity here at our building. And um, so we're going to double the size of our sanctuary. We've got a new foyer and entryway that actually just got finished this week. So if you are curious to see the progress in our construction, come out and check it out this week. But we're ramping up and gearing up for this men's conference that we're going to be hosting. The the dates are September 23 and 24, so it's a Friday-Saturday. It's a Friday evening, one session, then come back in the morning for Saturday. We have uh, two sessions and a and a and then a big steak lunch that we're going to have together. And so uh, we'd love to have you there. We still have room for people to sign up. We've got a few pastors from here. On the Northern Front Range, we're going to be speaking. We've got Pastor Sean Sells from Calvary Chapel in Cheyenne. We've got John Nunnally from Legacy Christian Fellowship. Um, We've got Ali Shawaga leading worship. And then I will also be sharing at the conference. I'd love to have you there. And uh, maybe you have a home church and, um, you know, you're perfectly... uh, doing fine, they're growing. Well, this would be an opportunity for you maybe meet some other believers, and we'd love to host you here at Whitefields Community Church. So you can find more information about that at whitefieldschurch.com. So whitefieldschurch.com, under the events section, you can register. Uh, And again, that's the men's conference taking place next Friday and Saturday, September 23rd and 24th. We'd love to see you there. All right, with no further ado, let's go to our first caller, Sully, in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Sully. Welcome to the
1: program.
2: Hi, my name is Shelly Johnson. The reason why I'm calling in is because my son OD'd in August 15, 2020. He was arrested for three months. He got out on August the 6th. My nephew picked him up, and apparently he OD'd in his apartment. He left them dead for 16 hours before he called the cops and everything. And I just need answers like, how do I get rid of the anger that's in me? Mm. How do I to get the anger? I got so much anger in me that I take it out of my family. And my, that was my baby. And I hold my nephew responsible for it. Mm.
0: Yeah, father- that's very hard. I'm really, First of all, let me just say I'm so sorry for the loss of your son. And... Um, I want you to know that the heart of God is grieved over the loss of your son as well, that God shares in that grief. Um, and so, yeah, what I would tell you is this, you know, anger is really uh, raw emotion in a way, right? So anger is is one of the ways that we express emotion in a way that kind of protects us. And so I would just tell you that a lot of that anger that you're feeling Yeah, that that is, on the one hand, anger. It's resentment, perhaps, towards what your nephew did. But on the other hand, it's also just sorrow and sadness. And so I just want to encourage you. There's nothing that can be done to bring your son back. But also, if you continue to live in that place of holding on to that anger and resentment, it's going to eat you up. It's going to destroy you. And so for your own sake, I want to encourage you to ask God to help you to to move into a place of forgiveness. And I think that begins with, with deciding in your heart that you want to forgive, even if you're struggling to do so. It's that desire in your heart that says, I want to forgive this person. I guess I do so in theory, but Lord, help me to work that out in practice. Help me to not just decide in my mind that I'm going to forgive this person. Help it to work its way into my heart so that I can actually release this. And I think that there's also one more thing I'd say, and that is that I think many of us, you know, we feel that justice has to be done, right? That somebody has to pay for the things that they've done wrong. And I would encourage you that that is actually the message of the gospel, that nobody could ever sufficiently pay for doing the horrific things that are done in this world. But God came to this world in the person of Jesus Christ in order to pay the price, in order to take the punishment, the justice, so that justice could be done and so that sins could be atoned for. And I just would encourage you to begin praying in that direction, saying, God, help me to understand, help me to accept that you have atoned for these actions. And I don't have to make my nephew pay or atone for them because you've done it, Jesus. So that that would be my encouragement to you. But that sounds very difficult and very hard, and I'm really sorry. Um, I pray.
2: I pray to God, but saying from my mouth, I forgive him, but in my heart, I don't. Mm. And I want God to help me because yeah. I made my heart so cold and so blocked from everybody that I don't want to be like this. I'm not that type of person. Yeah. I'm not a person to have attitudes or to give someone to argue with somebody. I'm raising his son,
4: mm-hmm. my
2: grandson, and he's a identical twin to my boy, and I run from my grandson because he reminds me of his dad.
0: Wow. Well, you know, I, I think that you are on the right track. I got to tell you, I think that this is a really good thing that you you recognize it, that you want it, and I think that that's exactly what you need to be doing is praying and asking God to work that from your head down into your heart and work it out practically. And you know that's gonna that's gonna manifest itself in small steps of forward progress, right? And so you know, I would just tell you this that the way that we think, shapes the way that we feel. A lot of people, you know, they say, well, this is how I feel. Yeah, well, changing how you feel actually begins with thinking the thoughts that God tells us to think, right? You may not be able to change how your heart feels, but you can change your mind and and bring it into accordance with what God says. As you do that, I believe that God will over time change your heart. So uh, I'll just pray for you here, and I know that our listeners will pray along with me. Heavenly Father, I pray for Shelly, and I, I'm so sorry for the loss of this son. Um, Lord, we ask that you would bring healing. We ask that you would bring restoration in relationships. And Lord, I pray that you'd help Shelly to forgive, and not just forgive in theory, but to forgive in reality, and that the, the, the right thoughts that Shelly's thinking would be moved into Shelley's heart and, and be felt, not just not just expressed in words. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks for calling in. Bye. bye Bye-bye. Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. Give me a call with your questions about the Bible or about something going on in your life and related to God, the Bible, theology. We'd love to talk with you about your walk with the Lord and with any questions you have. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text me at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Kelsey in Johnstown, Colorado. Hi, Kelsey. Welcome to the program.
4: Hi. Um,
0: What can we do for you?
4: So I've got a question. um, First, that was... Definitely a good prayer for Shelly that you said, and my heart goes out to her. Um, For my question today, so Proverbs, I can't remember. I just spoke on the phone with them. Um, There's a proverb that says, do not answer a fool according to his folly. Um, Mm -hmm. And then right after it, the next um, line says, um, answer a, cool, or a fool according to his folly, um, and you will be wise in his eyes, or something like that. And so it sounds kind of like a—it, like, is the opposite of each other. It's saying, like, don't answer him, but then also, like, correct him and answer him. So I was just kind mm-hmm. of curious what that actually meant.
0: Yeah, great question. And I think this is a really important one for revealing the nature of the Proverbs. I think that sometimes people read the Proverbs wrong. And if you read the Proverbs wrong, you can actually come to some really wrong conclusions. So here's the deal with Proverbs. They're principles for life that are generally true, but the application of those principles will vary at different times in different situations. Right. And so the difference between the Proverbs is that, and maybe some other genres of the Bible, is that the Proverbs are not meant to be taken as. You know, set in stone promises that always work one way. I'll give you one example that's very famous, and that is the proverb which says, Raise up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. Now, that's generally true, but it's also not a promise, right? There are plenty of people who have raised their children up in the ways of the Lord, and their children didn't. Uh, continue following the Lord, because at the end of the day, right, God has given us some degree of agency in which we need to make a choice to surrender our lives to Jesus. Nobody else can do that for you. And so those who take it as like a promise, they would look at that proverb and say, well, God didn't keep his promise. And the answer is, well, no, no, no. That's a misunderstanding of what that proverb existed to do in the first place. Now, getting back to where you're talking about, so you're referring to Proverbs 26, verses 4 and 5. And you you quoted the first parts of those Proverbs perfectly, but I just want to give you the end parts of those Proverbs because I think they're relevant. So Proverb 26, verse 4 says, Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Verse 5 says, Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So that that's saying is, uh, let's put it this way. There are certain times when, you know, Getting in an argument with somebody who's saying something foolish will just bring you down to their level. It's kind of like this old saying that says, you know, you can wrestle with a pig, you'll both get muddy, but the pig will enjoy it. That's how it is sometimes when you argue with people, right? You know, you get in this argument and you're kind of getting yourself dirty, but the other person's enjoying it because that's what they live for. That's what we want to avoid. On the other hand, there are times when, like, if somebody's just saying a bunch of stuff that's incorrect and foolish and wrong, and you just never correct them, then they're going to think that they're right, and maybe they might mislead other people. So there are times when you do need to speak up and, and say, no, 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 that's foolish, and it's incorrect, and here's what's correct. And there are other times where you just need to not engage in that argument whatsoever, because it's really just not a good use of your time, it's not a good use of your energy, um, and, and the like. Now, this is actually one of the things I love about the Bible, is that um, there are many cases in which the Bible gives us what we might even call overlapping principles, which at, on the outset, they might even appear to be Contradictory but they're not contradictory. Rather, there are times when you apply it and times when you, uh, sorry, times when you apply one principle and not the other. Times when, And then there are other times where you apply the other principle and not the first one. And it would be kind of like this. You know, God would say to us, uh, we often want to know, what should I do in every situation? And it's almost as if we wish that we had a, a manual, like, you know, there are these manuals that you can get for fixing your car. So you you look up the exact problem that you have, and there's a description of what to do to fix that problem. And so you know we wish that we could just open up to page you know five thousand two hundred eighty, and there is the uh, there's the answer for our exact problem. But instead, what God's given us is principles, and then He tells us, "See me for further details or for application." And I'll give you one last example. Uh, Jesus, right? So we see a time when people came to Jesus, and they there were times when people were handling money in the name of God in ways that Jesus said was wrong. So in one case, they came and they said, hey, you know, Jesus, why don't you and your disciples pay the temple tax? And Jesus' disciples are like, what should we do? And Jesus says, well, do you think that a father requires his children to pay a tax for living with him? And they're like, no. And he goes, yeah, that's true. Your father... You know, he doesn't require this from you. This thing they're doing, that's kind of like a a human thing that they made up. But he says, but you know what? So that we don't cause unnecessary controversy, pay the man. And they go and that's when they, you know, they catch a fish and there's a coin in the fish and they give the coin to the guy. He had to catch a fish because apparently he didn't have a coin. The point is, Jesus said, just pay the guy to avoid controversy, even though this isn't according to God's heart. And then there was another instance, right? Where Jesus goes into the temple and people are, um, you know, essentially ripping each other off or certain people are ripping off other people um, because they're selling, you know, the animals for sacrifice at exorbitant rates. And um, Jesus flips over the tables and he even says in one gospel, he made a cord into a whip and he started like scaring people with this whip and then flipping over the tables. And the question is, okay, Let's say there's a situation where somebody's doing something wrong. We have two principles here. How do we know which one to apply? Is this a time for flipping over the tables? Or is this a time for um, just, you know, kind of appeasing someone and doing something just so that you don't cause a stir? And the answer would be, you you need the leading of the Holy Spirit. You need to go to God for more details and say, Lord, I need your wisdom in this instance. And I got to say, that's what makes... The Christian life so dynamic and so um, exhilarating, right? Is because we get to keep coming to the Lord. Lord, what should I do in this situation? You know, and we get to be led by the Spirit.
4: Okay. That makes a lot of, okay, that makes a lot of sense.
0: Good. Yeah. Well, cool. Hey, thanks for calling in and uh, keep reading your Bible and keep asking questions. Good stuff.
4: Awesome. Thank you so much for your help.
0: You bet. God bless you. God bless
4: you.
0: Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls, answering your questions about the Bible and about theology, how the Word of God applies to your life. We're also praying for your prayer requests, so give us a call. 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to kez in amarillo texas hi kez welcome to the program
3: hey thank you pastor what can i do for you yeah so um i have uh, a question that i've asked this question before and it seems like it seems like i can't get an answer for the mm-hmm. question uh but pastor first i'd like to apologize and ask that you would forgive me for being dogmatic if i if i seem dogmatic Okay. And, uh, and also forgive me for, for taking up any, any time. I know there's a lot of serious things going on, but this is something that uh, I'm, I'm battling with. It. I'm really having a lot of hard times understanding. And, um, and so I, I was reading in Luke. Uh, it came, to, came down in Luke 21, 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus said that, that Jerusalem, that, that, that the Jews would be sent into captivity into all nations, and then that Jerusalem be trotted down by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Now, whenever I asked this question before, a pastor explains to me that we are still living in the time of the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And the pastor also explained to me that in 1948, the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, became a nation. Mm-hmm. And now, I understand that. That didn't, that didn't, that didn't necessarily answer my, what, I'm, what I'm battling, because I understand in 1948... The Jewish people now have a government in Israel, and they're ruling in Israel, in Jerusalem, regardless of the conflict you know what I mean um, between the Palestinians and all this other stuff, right? There's still a Jewish government in Jerusalem since 1948. And, um, and so I'm having trouble understanding how these Jewish pe- how, the, how, the, how the Jewish people were sent into captivity into all nations, and also, if we are still living in the time of the Gentiles. How are the Jews? How do they? How do they have a government? How are they ruling in Jerusalem? If Jerusalem is supposed to be trotted down by the Gentiles, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. There's two ways of looking at it, and um, I guess I kind of go back and forth between them. So I'll just give you my take on this. This passage, right, Luke 21. This is Luke's account of what's called the Olivet Discourse. The Olivet Discourse is also found in Matthew uh, 24 and 25 and in Mark 13. These are all passages in which they, you know, they record for us a discourse, a speech, if you will, that Jesus gave to his disciples on the Mount of Olives. That's why it's called Olivet Discourse. Looking over the city of Jerusalem, on, during the Passion Week. So this is after Jesus, you know, rides into Jerusalem on the donkey on Palm Sunday, and then he spends a few days in Jerusalem prior to his, his uh, crucifixion. So he's standing there on the Mount of Olives looking over the city of Jerusalem. And just, just a heads up that we're going to have to uh, take a pause in this for our mid-show break coming up in about one minute. So just, uh, just warn you ahead of time. Um, so that's really important to remember. And remember, the question that's asked of him is what will happen and what will be the signs of the coming of the age, basically the end of the world, and the eschaton, which is the theological word we use to describe the culmination of things that the Bible promises will happen in the future. Okay, so Jesus is answering that question. Now, here's what's so difficult about this passage, and this is a famously difficult passage to interpret. Even amongst people who hold the same Eschatological positions. There's a lot of diversity as to which verses they put where in the timeline, because Jesus talks about things which are going to happen in the future for them, and things which uh, which are near future, and things which are far in the future. That's why this is hard to uh, hard to really nail down, um, you know, without any questions. So I'll get back to those two points right after this, right after our mid-show break. Thanks for holding. You're listening to Calvary Live.
1: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call
0: at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air, answering your questions about the Bible and praying for your prayer requests. Uh, Real quick, I'll give you the number to call. Then we're going to go right back to our caller that we had to uh, put on hold as we went to our mid-show break. The number to call, 303-690-3000. Now, just a heads up, we have full lines right now, but just Save that number. When you hear somebody's call end, that means we have an open line. So 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336-0897. Let's go back to Kez in Amarillo, Texas. Hey, Kez, thanks for holding.
3: Thank you, Pastor. I'm still here.
0: Okay. So I had told you, you had asked about uh, Luke twenty four twenty one, right, where it talks about Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Okay, the way that you have heard this interpreted before, which I, again, I'm not saying is wrong because I, as I explained right before the break, this is a very uh, famously difficult passage to interpret, not just this verse, but the entire um, all of that Discourse, which this is a part of. Okay, but basically here are the two ways that um, I see this explained. I'm sure there are actually more, but these are the two ways that I see it explained. Now, the one is the traditional dispensationalist Um, mode, which you mentioned you're familiar with, right, that we live in the dispensation of the Gentiles. In other words, this is the time when Gentiles have been invited to be grafted into the family of God through faith in Jesus Christ, and that Jerusalem, you know, having been, uh, it was a Jewish city, then from the time 70 AD on, when the Roman Legion went in and, and drove out, you know, the the Jewish people from Israel, really by sacking Jerusalem, that since that time, Jerusalem was trampled underfoot by the Gentiles. But that changed in 1948 when Jerusalem, you know, became well, and then even after that, when Jerusalem became the capital of Israel, once again, here's what I would say. Here's a nuance with that, that I think still makes this apply. And that's simply this. If you go to Jerusalem today, you'll notice that the Temple Mount, the center of the city, perhaps the most important part of the city from a Jewish, and also eschatological perspective is still in Muslim control. So it's still being trampled underfoot by Gentiles, non-Jews. So in that sense, Jerusalem, or at least the heart of Jerusalem, is still under control by Gentiles, and therefore this verse still would apply Okay, the other explanation, which I find really compelling, but I got to be honest, I haven't I haven't yet thought it through or heard enough pushback on it yet. But here's here's the other one. In Revelation chapter 11, John, the revelator, right, having this vision, this preview of what's going to happen in the end times, he indicates that Jerusalem is going to be under Gentile rule, even though the temple will have been restored. Right. So during that time, what we call the Great Tribulation. And then finally, you know, when when the armies of the beast are destroyed by the Lord, that's in Revelation 19, verses 17 through 19, just before the millennial reign of Christ is initiated, uh, we see that that will end. So that will be the times of the Gentiles that are fulfilled at that point. So those are kind of the two views, and uh, I'd be happy to you know, hear your response to that.
3: Yeah, so I guess my only response would be like I said, like I said at the beginning of the call, I know I completely understand 1948. Um, there, is, there is a Jewish government in Israel. And like as you just said, Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. Now, I love words, and I'm sure that you love words as well, uh, Pastor. But the word government, I'm, I'm sure you know, it's the, it's the ruling of man over man. And so these Jewish people, they have a government. So they're ruling in Israel over the, the inhabitants of Israel with Jerusalem, the capital. And so whenever it comes to—it seems like, you know what I mean, by definition and by the law and by their own government, there might still be Muslims there, right? But it is a Jewish nation, and I'm, I'm sure that you agree that 1948 fulfilled yeah. the prophecies of, Jew, of, of the Jews becoming a nation, right?
0: Well, let's say that's part of the regathering, but let's remember that actually in 1948, they didn't get Jerusalem back. That happened in the 1960s, I believe, right? That was 1968 when they got Jerusalem back and they established it as the capital of Israel. But I, I don't know, Kez, if you've been to Israel, but very much um, the the Muslim people are given authority, right, autonomy over the Temple Mount, right? The Jewish people aren't able to just go up there whenever they want and do whatever they want, nor is even the Jewish government, even though they are in control for the sake of peace, they have allowed autonomy and they allow the rule of the temple mount to be done by uh, the Muslims and the Muslim religious authority. So I think your definitions, uh, I think you're, you're stretching them a little farther than is actually true to be honest.
3: Okay. Now I hear you pastor. So, um, so I, I completely understand what you want on the same page as Jewish people might have a government there, um, but whenever it comes to having jurisdiction over the Temple Mount, like you say, it's still being trotted down by the Gentiles. And now the, the second to my original question is the, the beginning of the verse of, of Luke twenty one twenty four. And so if Jesus is, is true, which I believe he is, when, what part of history were the Jewish people captives in America.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I don't know what that has to do with with America, since uh, this verse is certainly about Jesus answering the question about the Jews and the coming of the age and what will happen in Jerusalem. So he's speaking to Jewish people about what's going to happen with the Jewish Temple Mount in the city of Jerusalem, and especially if you tie that in with the other accounts of the... um, the Olivet discourse uh, certainly uh, this is speaking to Jews in Israel about what is going to happen with the city of Jerusalem, and he's alluding to the fact that it will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles. Now, that either will will be um, that either is what is happening right now, or it's referring to what will happen in Revelation during the time of the Great Tribulation. But neither of those have anything to do. Uh, with the United States. And so I'm I'm just going to leave it at that and uh, say, hey, I appreciate the discussion and the question. I've got some other callers that we're going to get to, uh, but thanks for calling in and God bless you. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Number to call 303-690-3000. Let's go to Linda in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Linda. Welcome to the program.
5: Hey, Hi, Pastor Katie. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What can so, you do for you? Um, My call is actually twofold. It was with one intention until I was listening to Shelley, and I just—my heart goes out to her. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention, um, I guess, griefshare.org was a great resource for me when I went through a similar situation, mm-hmm. uh, so much so that I ended up spending 10 years facilitating it in New Mexico at Sagebrush Community Church. So um, mm-hmm. I— it is a roller coaster and it's so recent and it's so raw for her that uh, it, will, it will change and it will get better. But if we don't process it in a healthy way, uh, it comes out in other ways. Mine used to come out in the anger as well. I lost my son 13 years ago. So my I'm heart goes sorry. out to her.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing but, that. So, one more time, you said griefshare.org, right?
5: Yeah, I know they have one at Calvary, uh, Calvary at Taylor's Calvary uh, Chapel. I know that they, or they did have, when I first uh, moved here four years ago, whether they're still doing that or not, I'm not sure. But it is a wonderful program. Um, They watch a half-hour video. The video answers questions like why, what if, true guilt and false guilt and things like that. And then they can talk if they want to. They don't have to. But when they're ready, you know, they can. And it is just a healthy way to process the trauma that she's dealing with. And I used to tell them in the class, I'm not here just for you, you know, because it is a long haul, and it is so new, and it is so raw, and the anger is justifiable at this time. And, you know, it takes about a good six months for the head to catch up with what the heart knows, you know. So my my prayers go out to her. I'll be praying for her, let her know that. Uh, But I would highly recommend finding griefshare.org online and putting your zip code in, and it'll tell you where there's one close to her
0: cool and i also did just get a message from our producer saying that uh, grief share is active at calvary uh church there you go in aurora yeah so you yeah, can check I, that out it,
5: there. It, yeah again it was the only thing that helped to make sense out of something that made no sense to me you know yeah and um
0: well so the blame Linda, game
5: i did the same the same thing with the blame game i did not want to hear this at my son's funeral but what the pastor said was we make our choices and that was the hardest thing to sink in for me because I'm like, but he's so young, you know, so oh, yeah. it's hard. But I will be praying for you, Shelly, if you're listening and uh, really touches my heart.
0: OK, thank you. What was your what was your question that you called in about today?
5: Uh, OK, so um, spiritual warfare kind of thing going on, I would assume I'm not really sure, but I've been having um, satanic um, things left at my doorstep Um Sunday night, uh, a full-fledged a man came up to my doorstep, put his face right in the ring, and he had on a devil. And I, I don't even want to call it a costume. Like, cause it almost looks like something from a movie. Um, like It's a very high-dollar, demonic costume and placed another, I think it's called a sigil from the Blair Witch Project, on my ring doorbell. And, you know, I've called the police about it, and they took a report, and not much was done. And actually, the first time they left one of those, they left it, like, at the bottom of my steps on the sidewalk. And I was like, meh, I threw it away because I, you know, I'm a Christian. God's got this. I have no control over when I go or what happens. He's got it, you know, so I don't worry about that part of it. The part I'm concerned about is now it's starting to escalate because now he's coming up on my porch and in full-fledged costume and doing these kind of things. Um, and I was a good girl, and I called 911, and I said, you don't know how bad it, how hard, how hard it is for me not to go out there and confront him, but I'm not going to do that because I know it's the wrong thing to do. So I'm not sure how to handle this situation. Um, I am a flight attendant, so I'm not home all the time. And I'm like, am I going to come home and find blood on my house? Or am I going to come home and find it burned down? Or I just, I'm trying to, uh, I guess the main thing is, I do not want it to have the end result that's, going to be very harmful for many others. I don't want to live with the fact that I had to shoot somebody and Mm -hmm. their family have to live with that and, um, you know, be living with that. It's not my heart to do that. I just would love to, I guess I'm asking that I would like for God, I was praying for him to reveal the truth in this of who it is and why, Mm -hmm. because as far as I know, don't have any enemies, but I don't know if it's a mental illness situation. I just need to get a good night's sleep when I'm at home. So, And I think that was their intimidating uh, factor is what they're trying to do. And it, it's not the demonic part so much that affects me. It's the what's the end result that that's going to look like. And I don't want it to be, yeah. um, you know, I don't want somebody to end up getting hurt because yeah. people don't realize when they do things like that and they make choices to do things like that. It's not just about you and me. It affects your family. It affects all your loved ones. If something bad happens,
0: so does it happen with regularity at all? I mean, is there is it predictable or is it completely unpredictable?
5: No, no, it's totally unpredictable. Um, I guess the first time they left one of those at my on my off was a uh, sometime in July, about three or four weeks ago.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I would just say, you know, if you don't want this to keep escalating, I, I would just say report it every time. Do what you can send them the ring videos as they come in, you know, to your, to your device, you're able to download those and send them over. And uh, I would probably reach out to others in your neighborhood, see if anybody else is experiencing this. Um, but, uh, yeah, I did in the meantime, get a text from someone saying that there have been, uh, spray paintings in Aurora, Colorado related to the antichrist, uh, Southeast Aurora lately. And so I don't know if they're related or not, but, um, definitely something that we need to be praying for and praying about
5: yeah and and I'm former law enforcement so it's like i I know what's within my rights and what's not, but I've spent my whole career not having to shoot anybody, not having to, you know, anything like that happen. And, yeah. But I've lost loved ones in that field and, and otherwise, obviously. And I just, that's. I'm trying to be proactive about it. I have called the police. They were supposed to come out today and do a separate report. They were going to be there by the, I told them I'd be home to 11. And I guess to show, we need to pray for them, because they're so busy. The first time the officers came, they're like, they had five calls waiting. And so they never did get around to me today, which is fine, but i'm going to be gone
0: for a while so okay well let's pray for you heavenly father i pray for uh, lord all those in aurora right now who are experiencing these occultic symbols and, uh, and spray paintings i pray for linda as she's been having these uh issues with this person coming to her door lord i pray that they would find this person and that they would figure out why this is taking place whether it is malicious whether it's a mental health thing lord i do pray that this would come to an end before uh, someone has to get involved and and use uh, some force that nobody wants to see used. And so, Lord, I pray for this person who's doing this. Lord, I pray that you would break through the fog Perhaps break through the ways that the enemy is twisting their mind and uh, and causing them or leading them, tempting them to do these things, Lord, we pray for clarity of thought and mind, and we pray for repentance and somebody turning to you and repenting of these kinds of things, turning to you we think about I think about that man in Mark chapter five, who was in the cemetery. Uh, cutting himself without any clothes on and screaming out. And it was when he encountered Jesus that he was cleansed spiritually and he he became in his right mind. And I pray that that would be true for this individual doing these things in Aurora. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Linda. Thanks for calling in. God bless you. Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Uh, we have two open lines, so now is a good time to call in. For those of you who've been waiting to do so, the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Joseph in Wheat Ridge, Colorado. Hi, Joseph. What can we do for Hello, you? Hello,
1: Pastor Katie. Good to hear your voice. So, uh, you know, I got a letter from a Jehovah Witness, and I'm, I'm not going to read anything to promote them, but I'll just read this to you. So it says, Dear Neighbor, I'm writing a brief letter of encouragement during these difficult times. Uh, many want to fight injustice. Others are concerned about the economy, and others are mourning loss of a loved one. Then he gives Bible verse 72nd Psalm verse 12, says he will deliver the poor one crying for help, also the afflicted one, and whoever has no helper. Be assured God does care and will soon put an end to suffering under his kingdom government, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, uh, verse 10, and then it just goes on to promote them and give their website. So, you know, if the Jehovah Witness would have come to my door, I, I suppose, I hope the Holy Spirit would have given me something to say at that time, but I'm asking you, If you will, do you have like a teaching of yours that I can go online and get, or something, or a Bible verse that I could, you know, mail back to this individual? Or is that Mm. a wise thing to do?
0: I don't see any reason why it would be an unwise thing to do. I don't have any teachings like that, but I can direct you to some really good teachings that are very succinct and, and well outlined. I think the best would be a website uh, run by my friend, Charlie Campbell. It's called alwaysbeready.com. I actually don't know what the dot is. com, And uh, Charlie is excellent. He's an excellent apologist. And also his website is an excellent resource. So go check out alwaysbeready.com, and he, if you scroll down, he has uh, a whole article, and it's not just one article, it's like a series of different articles that you can look at about Jehovah's Witnesses, things that they believe, and ways to respond to them. In fact, he has even DVDs and courses and articles that you can read. Just such a wonderful website. So uh, go check that out, and maybe you'll find something on there that would be something good for you to maybe mail back to them. I would tell you this, uh, the most effective things that I've seen in um, reaching out to Jehovah's Witnesses, those who are you know deceived through the Watchtower Society, uh, I would say they've been the personal conversations. And so one of the ways that Jehovah's Witnesses tend to do this is like, if you would start, let's say like you would reach out and say, I want to have a conversation. They're going to send you two guys. One is going to be kind of like a a Jehovah's witness in training. And the other one is going to be a like seasoned, you know, elder type of Jehovah's witness. And they're going to talk to you and they're, they're going to know some answers. But as soon as you start pushing the real buttons with them, they're just, if they feel like they're their younger person, their apprentice, is at least maybe even being convinced by you and the things you're saying, they will jet out of there uh, before you can blink. So, you know, uh, again, I don't think it's a wasted wasted amount of time, though. Really, it's very similar to what we talked about earlier in the show. We had a caller ask, you know, what about these two proverbs that seem to say contradictory things? You know, do not answer a fool according to their folly, lest you become like him. Then the next verse says, "Answer a fool according to their folly, lest they think they are right." And so it's really something where I would say this is a great opportunity for you to seek the Lord and say, "Lord, what would you have me to do?" Like, is this a good in, in, investment of my time? And perhaps it is. Um, and maybe there are some people out there for whom this would not be a good investment of their time. So I would just encourage you: pray about it, seek the Lord. And if you know if you want to mail them something back, I don't think it can hurt. You know, it, it's got to be. They need to be hearing the Word of God from somewhere and somebody, and maybe you're that person. So uh, let me pray for and you then, to have wisdom. But go ahead. Yes.
1: And just real quick, um, so um, honestly, I don't think I'm the type of person that's equipped to be talking to someone like that you know, for an amount of time, so I wouldn't want to talk to them, you know, two of them, let alone. But um, I can just give a real brief example. Of back in, like, 17 years ago, some um, two, two Mormons, came to, you know, where I live, you know, they come two by two, you know. Um, and uh, I was late for my bus going to work. So the little bit I knew about Mormonism, I said, you know, I don't want to hear anything about that angel Moroni. It correctly said Moroni. I said, whatever. So <laughs> I just kind of cut it off real quick. I didn't want to hear anything about it. So yeah, honestly, I don't think um, I would want to talk with any Jehovah Witness at all. So I don't think that's good for me to do that. But uh, please pray for me. for, so for Yeah, I will.
0: And I would encourage you, you know, maybe it is a good thing to equip yourself so that when you do have those conversations in the future, you'll be ready. So again, com, great resource. Let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for Joseph. I pray that uh, you would give him wisdom with how to respond. I pray that you would equip him for future conversations. And I pray for those out there right now who might be listening, who are um, are being drawn in by the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Watchtower Society. Lord, I pray that you would bind the enemy in the way that he wants to use the Watchtower Society to deceive people away from jesus and the way of salvation and leading them astray to what paul calls like in galatians a different jesus and a different gospel and so lord i pray that uh that you would not let people be deceived in this way and the people who are caught up in it lord would you set them free and open their eyes to see the truth give them the courage to step out and we pray that in jesus name amen
1: thank you pastor katie have a blessed week
0: Okay, God bless you. thanks for calling in hey you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefield's Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. and hey, with that, we have actually worked our way through all of our calls today. We've got a few texts that we're going to get to here in just a moment. We probably got time for one or two more calls, maybe one more call. If there's somebody out there who says, oh, I just tuned in and I have a question about the Bible or about Jesus, the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000 or text us at 720 720- 3360897 Let me take this opportunity however to do this. I want to invite you to the under construction men's conference. This is the Calvary Chapel Northern Colorado or sorry, Northern Front Range because it includes our friends in Southern Wyoming. Northern Front Range Men's Conference is being organized in collaboration between our church Whitefields Community Church uh, as well as Calvary Chapel in Greeley, Calvary Chapel in cheyenne wyoming legacy christian fellowship in thornton and others we're getting together organizing this conference this is our second year doing this and it is happening next week so next friday and saturday the dates are september 23rd and 24th we would love to have you here at whitefields community church in longmont we're hosting it um, but we're going to have a variety of speakers. This is geared towards men, and we're talking about the work that God is doing us and how he is, uh, how God has begun a good work in us that he will bring to completion and what that means and what it looks like. So if you're interested, if you know someone who's interested, we'd love it if you would register and show up. Um, It's going to be a time of worship, fellowship, and uh, we're going to have food there as well. It's going to be a really, really rich time, just as it was last year. You can find more information on our website, whitefieldschurch.com, whitefieldschurch.com. Click the button for events, and you can register there for the Under Construction Men's Conference. And again, that's happening next Friday and Saturday, September 23rd and 24th. Also, keep in mind, the Refresh Ministry Conference is coming up at... Calvary Church in Aurora in early October. So if you haven't signed up for that, we would love to have you there for that. It's, it's geared towards encouraging those who are engaged in ministry and serving the Lord. So if that's you in any capacity, then make sure to go to Calvary. Um, let, me, let me get the website for you. calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church, and you can sign up there for that conference. And finally, you know, I just love to have you join me this Sunday for worship and the word at the church that I pastor, Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. If you are within driving distance, come out and worship with us. We're studying Second Corinthians right now. This Sunday, we're going to be in chapter 8. The message is titled, The Act of Grace. You get to come out and find out what that's all about. You can find directions and more information, as well as listen to some past messages and find out about who we are over on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. And I've been telling you guys that we have um, a construction project going on right now. Our church is open during construction, but it's starting to come together. I got to tell you, it's uh, it's pretty exciting. So our new uh, foyer and entryway uh, was finished this week, and so we're opening that this Sunday. And so I'm excited for that. You can come and check that out if you uh, would like to join us this Sunday. We have three services, 8 a.m., 9, 30, and 11. Again, address, all that info that you need is found at whitefieldschurch.com. One more thing that we're doing this Sunday that I'll just tell you about, and maybe this will lead into something that we can pray for, is that we, um, you know, we've been very involved with supporting those who are in Ukraine, those who have had to flee Ukraine since the war began, Prior to the war, you know, I've been going over to Ukraine for for almost 20 years, um, serving with churches there, doing conferences, etc. And so when this war began, you know, many of the missionaries that our church supports and uh, works with through Calvary Chapel— they, many of them became displaced. Others of them who stayed in country, they were ministering to people, providing their basic needs and things like that. God was using them amazingly. Well, one of those missionaries is going to be here this Sunday. He's from Harkiv, Ukraine, which you probably heard a lot about in the recent news. Uh, his name is Nate Medlong, and he's going to be at our church and available to speak with people between services. And then after our third service, we have what's called a town hall meeting in which we're giving an update on the things that we're involved in. But part of that update is we're pushing an initiative to help buy wood-burning stoves for families in Ukraine to help them get through the winter. We're looking to to provide at least a 1,000 of these. Um, and so if any of you out there are interested in that, you can email us at info at whitefieldschurch.com if you want to get in on that. See, a lot of the infrastructure that's been destroyed Uh, includes heating systems and things like that. And so winter's coming in Ukraine. It gets very cold. And so uh, we're looking for alternative ways to help people survive the winter. And the way that we're doing that is um, some Christian brothers and sisters have started constructing these wood-burning stoves, and we're going to purchase as many as we possibly can. Will you join me in praying for that as we finish our our show. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, how good it is, how life-giving it is. Jesus, you are the wellspring of life and the source of grace life and truth. So we love you and we we thank you for the opportunity to speak about your word and about you today. And also Lord, we pray for those in Ukraine, those who are suffering. We pray for the Christian brothers and sisters who are being witnesses to you in the midst of that hard situation. And Lord, we pray that you would use us as the hands and feet of Jesus in the world to provide for people in your name. And so Lord, we we pray that you would do that and and Lord, may your word go forth in power. Not just in Ukraine, but here in Colorado and on the East Coast, around the country and around the world. Lord, use us, we pray, and be glorified through us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Nick Katie. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. I'll be with you again next Friday. God bless you.
1: You've been listening to Calvary Live.
0: Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.